everybody, what's up? Guess what? I got Spring Paranormal Investigators back in for another dip in Hank's Think Tank. How's it going, guys? Good. Okay, I got some extensive introductions to do, so I'm going to get on with it. I've got Amy Lee once again. She's a lead investigator and the owner and head clergy uh, for SPI. Michelle Myrand, sensitive lead investigator. Jason Weiser. Come on, man. There you are. Lead investigator and assistant clergyman, Raider Dempsey. All right. Assistant debunker, full-time investigator, Lynette Coors. Coors, yeah. Like the beer. Yeah, exactly. Full-time investigator and medium, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And Christopher Peterson, part-time investigator, behind-the-scenes tech, and band member. And Josh Hudson, part-time investigator and debunker. It's my first time to meet Josh. How's it going, Josh? All right, guys. So uh, y'all have been out a couple of times other than the, the time we did the podcast, and it's been an experience every time. This was really something else. Doing the clearing for me was a good deal. And uh, I don't think I've ever been through anything like that before. It's going to be something I'm going to be recalling for quite some time, and I'm hoping we can get and do it again. Um it was different than I thought it was going to be. But just to mention something to you guys, and it's been a lot more quiet since the podcast in here, and I felt better because y'all kind of gave me a better idea of what to expect and what I should, you know, be thinking about the spirit world and stuff like that. So it's helped a lot. But I've been doing some remodeling in here, and it's not really something that you guys may have noticed right off the bat. But in the middle of it, so I had the jams playing, I was listening to some music, up on the ladder and all of a sudden the volume goes from like i think i had it like 10 to 50 and the remote was up there i wasn't anywhere near it and i was like oh is that could that be again and something like that's never happened before and i mean it's going to either take a remote or it's going to take the crank to do it but i had to go and turn it back down and it didn't happen again but it did happen that was this past weekend um that it happened so that kind of freaked me out i wanted to tell you guys about it but other than that, I really haven't had too much of anything else. And uh, so it has been better. It's been good. So, you know, it was interesting hearing from your medium today, and, and it was really kind of unusual. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And the first question that comes to my mind is actually David's question. Um, when did you realize you were a medium? I mean, born with it? Wake up one day and go, hey, I've, I've got a talent. What's the deal? No, I mean, I started with SPI. <clears throat> I mean, I've always kind of known certain things, but I mean, I think everybody's got intuition, so I just, I chalked it up to that. And no, I wasn't seeing spirits everywhere. I didn't really think I could. And then I started doing things with the team and I started noticing things and we started getting confirmation of what, you know, I thought was there. We got confirmation that those things were there. And it just kind of, it built over time is what happened. So yeah, I, I would say I've always been a little quirky with things but it really took off after i joined here and started actively investigating with everybody and yeah. after a big demonic case that we did yeah that that jump started it for everybody i think and so that was where you kind of really i guess self-seeded your talent and and figured out yeah this is definitely something i have yeah that that was an interesting case that's i guess still current too yeah that one's still in the works two years later 
So does it, does it bother you at all? I mean, do you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got something going on and you're like, ah, you know, I just need to get some rest? Um, I mean, occasionally right now I almost have like an off switch that's too good because unless I turn it on, I don't like notice anything. I mean, I'm dingy, I'll bump into walls because I feel like I'm always somewhere else, like in, in a different mindset. Wow. But, you know, unless something's really obvious, I tend to just, I'm at work, I don't pay attention to things. So I kind of have a switch that I turn on when I know we're going to be investigating. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've had things show up at my house. I think we all have that try to scare us there. And that's pretty obvious because you know what's in your house, you know the sounds, and you can kind of feel if something is there that doesn't belong there. So. Wow. So do you and Michelle get along? I mean, and do y'all have any kind of a minimal connection, I guess? We were put in a, a meditation once together, and I remember that because one of, well, one of the people that would help us put us both under together, and we were helping spirits together. That was pretty cool. And then the one summer that I had something terrorizing me, Michelle had something terrorizing her, but we didn't talk. And so our experiences were genuine because we were having the same things happen, but we weren't talking about it. We, I think each told Amy and Amy's like, hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so how did you handle that then? I, w I handled it, I'd probably handle it differently now. I, I, got, I got a little angry and I guess I still do sometimes because I would come home from work and I would just look at my apartment, I would just look at the window, and with the blinds being closed, I'd be like, there's somebody waiting there. And you know I'm coming home from work and they're waiting there. And I know it sounds crazy, but it happened a lot. And I'd open the door and I'd be like, okay, who is it? What, what, what do they want? But, um, Wow. yeah, so that was interesting. Man, that's a hard way to live, it seems like. Yeah, I live alone. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, I like it, I like it. And like I said, I would have handled it, I would handle it differently now than I did. It was pretty new back then mm -hmm. and I remember kind of coming out of the shower <laughs> I was in the shower I was getting worked up about the spirit and I remember I, I got out of the shower and I walked in my bedroom and I blah 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 and you better be gone by the time I get finished with this shower <laughs> and I go back in the shower and then I'm like I come out later I'm looking around the wall I'm like hey <laughs> <laughs> it was gone but I'm like he's probably like this lady is crazy I'm leaving yeah from my experience threatening them works you know I, I, so, it can. I don't know why but, I mean last time you know, I don't recommend ready to go in a closet and fight one yeah, so. yeah, yeah I was I ready I don't recommend it like I said I'd handle it differently now but um that's what I did then and it worked but that's not I, I wouldn't do that that's cool I don't well, advise it I advise against it <clears throat> I hear you guys are booked all the way through May, is it? Uh, we're uh, through the middle to end of May right now. Wow. Well, that's a big schedule. All new cases, too, everyone. All new cases. All in the area? Uh, no, we're actually, uh, two weeks from now, we'll be in uh, just a little south of Fort Worth. Um, and then I have two, uh, I have three actually, kind of down the chute that are, um, one is in Dallas, one is in Colleen. Mm -hmm. um, and then I hear we have somebody from Utah that's maybe considering flying us up there. So, Wow. <laughs> All over. Getting popular. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about debunking. So, and, you know, he had told me a whole lot about debunking, but what do you guys work together on cases, I guess, or are you on different cases sometimes? And, it just depends on what lines up. And so yeah. what do you do for your, your regular job, your day job? Uh, Oh, okay. Comes in very handy. Yeah, I bet that does. So, do you find a lot of your debunking to be electrical problems and? It's just a handful of everything. Yeah. Just, uh, mostly noises. Yeah. I have supersonic hearing. 
Really? Like his yeah. hearing is ridiculous. And so he can be like, nope, that was a car. And we're all like, what was that? He's like, that was a car two blocks away. I'm like, okay. Well, that's cool. How's your vision? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of opened up your hearing a little bit, I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, well, we didn't get to hear a whole lot from you last time, so what you got? Come on. <laughs> what I got? My name is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got problems. That's that's about the extent of it. You know, I... I oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No big deal. <laughs> so, I mean, your job for SBI is... Uh, pr- pretty much, a, uh, I'm, I'm Amy's, Amy's support. Uh, he's, okay. he's my jack of all trades. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything, that, anything that I can do, I'm going to do to help support the team in general. Um, uh, you know, whatever that may be. So anything that she might forget, you're there to remember and tap her on the shoulder. I don't know, she and... don't forget nothing. I just... <laughs> yeah, uh, she forgets everything else. But yeah. right Except my phone. Them. It's not an investigation unless I've lost my phone yeah. at least three times and said, "Where's my phone?" Yeah, we're we're talking about bringing somebody on full time just to keep up <laughs> yeah. with your phone. So it's, if anybody's looking, it. <laughs> well, I know you've got to find yourself in in situations where you have to kind of cover each other because you're in a dangerous deal. Yeah, you know, and, so, you know, I mean, do y'all already have pre-established um, things that if this happens, we'll do this. If that happens, we'll do that. I mean, do you kind of do any yeah. training within the within the it's, organization yourselves? I mean, we're we're a family. We know yes. each other better than than anybody else knows each one of us, and so it's easy for us to recognize if something's different. And uh, you know that's a, a key part of our investigating is, is being able to pick up on subtle changes and uh, and things in each other because that's that's where the real danger lies in what we do is yeah. is the personality affection um, effects that the spirit right. might have on somebody uh, and uh, you know that Amy is is awesome at that and you know she's pretty much taught all of us how to pick up on on anything going on with anybody else so i think we all are i i mean we've had cases where michelle stopped and said chris is being affected you know we've had cases where sometimes one of us will realize and be like i can't be with you because the entity in this room is upset with you and they're going to try to make me lash out so i should be teamed with somebody else at this minute and I tend to notice changes in her before she notices them in herself quite often. We'll be 15 minutes out from a location and she'll be getting quiet in the back seat and I'll glance in my rear view, see a certain look on her face and I'm like, Lynette, how you doing? And every time. So I guess you're already kind of receiving? Yeah. Well. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm in denial. It's like, I'm always like, is this really happening? And Amy will just look and she's like. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, like we were on the way to the case uh, just a week or so ago and uh, hit the brakes hard at one point. And Lynette, Lynette was just, you know, half asleep in the back and she chimes in. She said, I don't want to die again. Uh, okay, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had one case. We were uh, out in the hill country that we did about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, she started channeling. About, it's usually about 20 minutes, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes out. We start watching her, like, okay, it's coming. And I don't know where we're going. I have no sense of direction, no sense of anything. And we bring her in cold. I generally don't yeah. tell her much. She often will show up at my house, where are we going today? Oh, well, we're going to Jasper, or we're going to Galveston, or we're going here. 
She doesn't know. She doesn't know well, anything about it. So no case layout or nothing? Uh-uh, no. Just on your way? No, because I'll have spirits visit me at home and give me information, and they usually go on ahead of me, and then I'll have information if they need it, and then I'll go in later to help clear. That's a lot of what we've been doing lately. Well, the only thing she knows is if if it's a, a demonic case or we have a really she, bad malevolent, I let everybody up. know ahead of time this one's dangerous, because I don't want anybody going into that not knowing. I mean, that's just fair. You should right. have that knowledge to say, okay, I want to deal with this or I don't. And these guys are all great about. Of course, they're going to do it, but I still give them the if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. Yeah, has anybody bailed on anything in the past? Just said, I just can't do this. You know, it's happened once or twice in specific situations. Maybe that person was dealing with something personal in their life at the Mm -hmm. time. um, And, you know, privately told me, and I said, don't worry about it. Um, You know, Chris actually does not like to deal with the demonic cases. I can understand that, Chris. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to have nothing to do with that either. I support them all, but I'll be there. And that's part of why he's he's behind the scenes more these days, because more of what we're dealing with is malevolent and demonic most of the time. Right. And I guess, so you're the audio guy, the video guy, and you're the guy that handles all their audio, video, and everything else, huh? That's got to be a tough job. So do you take care of devices like the REM pods and stuff like that, too? or? Uh, no, it's just usually transferring videos and audio, and I... Uh... I watch I watch stuff with Amy a lot, you know, so she has a second ear when we're listening. Right. Back on stuff, but. And he comes to the reveals with me a yeah. lot, like when we did your last one, right? Where I have to go out alone, he'll he'll come with me. Either he or Jason usually will come with me on those. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you brought a REM pod today. Yes, a couple of. Things. I want to talk about that REM pod. I want, <laughs> I don't understand what they do, how they work. I know they look cool. Right. So. Well, there are different kinds. There are different ones that do different things. This one, actually, these guys got me as a gift right before a big case. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit your mic there. No, it's okay. It's probably going to go off with the mic. So um, it's a proximity detector. Depending, let me pull that up a little bit. Depending where I go and how close I am depends on what lights get set off. Okay. Um, If I was a spirit, for instance. Um, it also has a temperature detection on it, so it can detect if there's a cold spot or a hot spot right by it, as well as how close it is. So it's an EMF and a temperature gauge basically combined, and then it gives us a noise alert to let us know what's going on in case we're not looking at the device. I like it. And hmm. it's a cool little toy. And so can you set the sensitivity on it? I guess you can. Huh? You can. Um, there are switches, and of course I'm going to touch it. It's going to go off again here. <laughs> but you can see there on the bottom, okay. there's little sensors yeah, and up for the for the cam can kind of mess yeah. with it there. And you can change it. It's uh, I think it goes <clears> to, what was it two <throat> feet we said about that I think it can be a matter of short inches or up to two feet from the device. And so in theory, being that spirits are energy, mm-hmm. they'll pass into or over this thing and and make it go off, and then they can just back off and right. And wow. we encourage them to use that device. This device, of course, is an EMF meter of sorts. This is an older K2 when okay. they were still made for electricians. Hence why I have the coin jammed in there because hey, that keeps it, it Made balanced. for electricians? What? I don't get it. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, they would use it to go up and down the walls, check and make sure something was hot 
or okay. not hot, what the danger level was. And that's what these were originally created for. Really? Only in the last few years. <laughs> He's always there to support them. <laughs> he is. Um, only in the last few years did it become a paranormal tool. And okay. that's in large part due to the shows and that kind of thing. Um, and so do they work on the same principle that the REM yes. pod works? Which one do you think is more reliable? Um, or do you think it depends on the spirit? I would say they all are, but it depends on the spirit. They definitely <clears throat> have preferences in what they like to use. We have some spirits that will only use the EMF detectors. We have others that will only use flashlights. It just seems wow. to be a personal preference. Uh, this one's Michelle's that she kind of contributed. It's a Mel meter. It's a digital EMF. Oh, nice. I'm going to make you hold them. <laughs> <laughs> And so, how does that work? <laughs> I'm not Vanna White, sorry. Um, so, the same kind of principle. Um, here, it's getting a little off the bear. I don't know if you can see. But the numbers will go up. They should be flatlined at zero. You put it next to something that gives off EMF. Maybe Jason will. <laughs> and the numbers will go up. Okay. And they can communicate with us that way. It is harder to see when we're in session, so we usually keep a camera trained right on it. And then when I review that, I have to watch the device closely. Cool. Okay. And then the flashlight thing, how does that work? The flashlights we use don't have any buttons. That way <laughs> nobody can say that we've got something tied to it or we're doing this and that. We turn them on. Barely turn them off here. Gotta get a good look at this. And then we shake it to make sure we don't get a false positive. We put it down in a flat spot and we walk away. And we have the camera trained on it the whole time so people can see we're not messing with it, we're not interacting with it. In order to turn it on, they have to come up and twist the edge. Or it's another theory that they kind of beam their energy to it. Personally, I think they do both. And I think it depends on the entity. Because there have been times we've been in session and we've seen it spin. Or we'll go to pick up the flashlight really? and it's freezing cold. Um, wow. Things like that. So sometimes I think they are physically manipulating it. Other times it seems like they're across the room and they're just kind of beaming the energy to it, so to speak crazy is like when we were doing a session out here uh, by y'all's fire pit uh jason and i were the ones doing the session and uh we were trying to get the spirit we were in communication with to uh use the rim pod couldn't seem to work the rim pod but the flashlight's just fine <coughs> three flashlights three flashlights actually but yeah, it all kind of depends upon the entity mm-hmm. you know and and the science in me always starts asking stupid questions I can't help but think that if an entity had mass, mm-hmm. that it would be a ball, for one. But I'm wondering what size they are, you know? It seems to vary also. <clears throat> Does it? Um, the energy of the spirit as well as the size of the individual when they were right. an individual. And I wonder if they decide upon that. A lot of times they they do. I mean, they... Yeah. they pro- project themselves as as the way that they saw themselves so maybe if you were a big spirit in life you'll be a big spirit afterward and if you were kind of quiet and oh yeah your personality personality definitely comes through in our sessions oh yeah wow good or bad (laughs) so and and that that leads me to another question and and this one came to me i don't know maybe two weeks ago in the middle of the night i woke up again just started thinking about stuff i wonder if you know I would think that if you're a, a decent, good person in life, that after death, you, you know, your spirit would maintain that. But I wonder if anybody ever turns just because of death. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
the not necessarily because of death, but a lot of times the situations surrounding the death or mm-hmm. situations in their life that they have unresolved issues that they're feeling guilty about or feeling remorse for, that type of things can affect, even though they were a good person, they've got these issues that right. are affecting their, their, their spiritual life. So not really a revenge thing then, I don't guess. Just more of a... Can be. Can, can yeah. be, yeah. Wow. A lot of times, too, they may have issues, but the longer they're here, they start to work through those issues and get to a point where they kind of mellow. We try to help speed up that process when we talk to them so that they want to move on because that's what's better for them, ultimately, and most of the time it's better for the clients. So. Right. And I wonder if there's any that are just stuck here. I mean, just literally stuck here. They can't move on, even if they want to. Uh, they could. We, we hold ourselves here. Really? Wow. Yeah. I always say free will even in death. Yeah. yeah. I think we I think we all think that. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. God's not just gonna come down or an angel and pluck you and bring you back. You have to want to, you have to ask, you have to try. Nobody you can do what you want basically, right? Yeah. yeah. But now she had mentioned in our last podcast that there were spirits that have and that when you said it 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 just made the hair on my neck stand up that have never walked on this earth before. Right. In humans. And so how do you how do you deal with something like that? They're, I mean, they're not all bad. Some of them right. are just different. Really? I've seen things. We've seen things. I don't. I can speak for myself <laughs> that I didn't even think existed, and I think I think everybody can say that too. I mean, and you just we really, run into new ones all the time. Yep. What is that? Okay, what what is that trying to do? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it a problem? And and, and it has like an inability to communicate. So some of them have lower intelligence. Some of them wow. do, and some of some them are able to communicate quite yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that seem tied to land and mm-hmm. tied to the earth, and maybe they see themselves as a protector of a certain area. Or um, we ran into one recently that we weren't aware of. We're still not exactly sure what he was, um, but he didn't care for humans or spirits. He just wanted to be on the land left alone, period. <laughs> you know, um, so we, we kind of struck a deal with him because he was – uh, he was not bad, and he was not creating any problems per se, but it was a, a lot of pressure, just a very, very heavy presence. And we kind of struck up the deal of, well, you don't want to be here, you don't want to be around them, but you want a space. There's there's a swamp right down the road, and you can go hang out and right. have all the space you want and not be bothered at all. And <clears throat> he seemed to uh, take to the agreement. We're very grateful that he did. But we talked about size. This He's huge. He can take up, like, like a whole field, like not, he's more like, I don't know, what would you say, cloud hanging above it? I don't know. Yeah. Really? It was more of an abstract shape to him from what she was able to describe. And yeah, it was just an interesting one for sure. He did communicate with us though. He was very curious about what we were doing there and he wanted to make sure that we weren't trying to send him anywhere. Mm-hmm. He let us know that if we attempted to do that, there would be a fight. But he didn't intend any harm to the family. Um, he wasn't hurting anything where he was. He just needed his own space, per se. So. Wow. It Interesting. <laughs> so, Chris, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, during dinner, you and I had a kind of a brief conversation about how you and Amy met. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of got the impression that maybe you hadn't delved too much into the paranormal part of of anything in earlier on in your life. So at what no. point did you 
did you wake up and go, okay, well, this 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 shit's real, you know? I mean, first time I went with her. That's really? <laughs> <laughs> my fault. So it was it the went, first time, huh? Yeah, we went to. Uh, um, was that the hotel I? Oh, the odd. No, the uh, first one was our first SPI client. Oh, actually, yeah. that you went yeah. to. And then the odd. Out in the Heights. I've been to the odd hotel. That place is creepy. Oh, yeah. 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 That's my, one of my favorite well, yeah, uh, paranormal the, the, photographs we have is from that, that hotel. Really? Yeah. yeah. So what first, happened at the odd? Our first hunt, when I went with her the first time, I was like, yep, yeah, it's real. Because I've always been interested in it. And then when I met her, it was like, oh, okay, well. So what did you I, see or hear that... That threw you over the edge. That was probably the odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did y'all spend the night there or just do an investigation? Yes, we did. We had the, the whole upstairs, and then uh, we went back actually a second time. They gave us part of the downstairs, some vacant apartments that tenants had just left. Really? Yeah. So we got to go in and check wow. those out, too. That was neat. Because we had the whole floor, right? Nobody the could come up. The whole upstairs. And we yeah, would each take a room, us. and we'd go in the room, and we'd investigate in small teams like we always do. And we'd close the door, and each of us would be in our rooms, like in small groups of maybe three. And we'd be, and we'd hear, like, I remember hearing, like, cowboy boots, or, like, somebody was pushing, like, Walking an armoire down, the, down the, hallway. the hallway. And it was loud. To me, it sounded real. Like, I opened the door, and I'm like, there, there's somebody out here. And every time it happened, we would check, and there's nobody in that hallway. But I don't. I guess I thought that it would sound not real, like spirit noises. But it sounded yeah. real, and it kept going on. There's never anybody out there. Wow. Yeah, yeah we had so, a Native American girl gave us a great EVP from the hallway, but right. she fried my tape recorder, yep. so after that, I couldn't use it. Uh, At least I got good. the EVP. We managed to salvage it. Yeah, a lot of voices, a lot of a lot of noises. Did you have, I heard there's supposed to be a female there that likes to mess with the guys. Did any of you guys have like experiences with that yeah. at the yacht? I didn't. No? We did yeah, We so did make contact in that room. I, yeah, I don't I remember. I can't remember who did and, and what we got. We didn't get as much in that room mm -hmm. as we did in that the was, yeah, I remember the room now, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that's that a we creepy there. old place. There's a, the, the photograph I was talking about earlier. They have a, uh, a mirror against <laughs> one wall. And it was a photograph taken in uh, light like this, good lighting. Uh, and so there was, it wasn't like it was a flash in the dark and, or anything like that. But uh, you can actually see what looks like people in the mirror like, doing their own thing. It's, it's crazy. Looking out towards yeah. person right. taking it, it was like Creepy. two, two yeah, three uh, different two to three scenes yeah, from was, different time yeah. periods. One guy, and they were all in like different dress and stuff. It, it was, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't we get the history on it? Like they said, it used to be a chop shop during the Civil War. It, had been it, a hospital, it was a lot it was a of things. It, it was a Native American uh, burial ground. Yeah. Um, and then the the white man came in. I used to not um, believe in Native American burial grounds. I think we all do. You oh, got to respect no, yeah, that. Yeah. This is supposed. To, this area is supposed to be a Native American yeah, you burial be ground. So. That. Not you, just in general. Uh, I got you. Yeah, but. Um, and yeah, and that's then, always kind of freaked me out a little then bit. They have too. some Civil War stuff there. Mm -hmm. There were battles that were mm -hmm. fought there. Um, the structure that was put there was originally like a ho ho it wasn't a hotel. It was something it's, else. It's been a couple. But they had uh, they had the Civil War soldiers. They were bringing in, and yeah, they called it a chop shop. Which Literally, is wow. I mean, just ampu you know, right. teas and that kind of thing. Um, and then after the war, they made it a Christian cemetery. Few years later, the way that that was in town, they decided that property was too valuable to be a cemetery. 
So we're going to relocate all the headstones. We'll leave all the graves, but we relocate the headstones down the road, make wow. a nice looking little cemetery, yeah. and then we're going to build, there's a train station over here, so we're going to put a hotel in for all these people coming off the train. And that's how the hotel lot got where it was. Oh. That's, that's never a good plan. Yeah, that yeah. was not a good idea. Yeah, I don't not think so either. So back to you again, and I, I got to ask, so when you came to the conclusion that all this is solid, did it change your worldview? I mean, I would think it, it would have. You know, your view of life and death and the afterlife and heaven and hell and all that? Not, not really. I mean... So you had um, a pretty solid upbringing then, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well. No, it, it changed mine. And I still go into each case a little <clears throat> bit with denial, but I think that's good. Like, okay, I need to... I don't know. I don't. Amy probably knows what I mean more than. It, it's all about keeping an open mind. Yeah. And I, I, when I started, was very. It's black and it's white. And I had to pretty quickly go. No, no, that's not right. There, there's just this whole other level of stuff that never even right. comprehended here that could very well exist. And yeah, now I try to look at all of it openly. Could be anything. Could be good. Could be bad. Could be, even if. We come across in humans. I can't jump to it's negative just because it's in human. Right. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me about that whole concept is it's the everything all for me concept. Mm -hmm. If one thing is possible, then damn it, it's all possible. Right. You know, so that's that opens up way too much. That and I'm really too much of a middle of the night thinker because I'll wake <laughs> up at three o'clock and one little thing will enter my mind. And yeah, I'm looking at the clock and it's 430 then it's five. Then I finally start falling asleep at six, and I got to get up at six thirty. So, <laughs> yeah, you know that always sucks. It, it opened me up. To, <clears throat> you know, it's very unknown, and it's you know, you're never going to be able to learn everything about it. paranormal. I don't think that's kind of definitely. I, that's kind of how I looked at it because I mean, growing up with her for a mom, I kind of and having my own uh, more heavy experiences as a kid. Uh, I, I always kind of grew up believing, but there was some stuff that happened and, and stuff that I've seen while on the team, and it's I wouldn't say it changed my worldview so much as it had expanded it. It There was just the level of possibilities, like you were talking about. It just right. shot through the roof. Yeah, we we always, we learn something new on every case. There's We we think we're going into a case and says, well, this seems pretty cut and dry, you know, a, a routine case, and we always get thrown some kind of a curveball and and we're we're constantly coming up with theories but okay, we so. like that right? yeah that yeah. keeps it interesting yeah. we're all open to it so it's it's right. a constant it's learning experience yeah. every time down the track oh i didn't know they could do that or oh i didn't know that existed yeah if you ever meet any he had uh, an interview right before i interviewed him and the guy who interviewed him another team told him well i know everything about the paranormal so you know, this and that. And when he interviewed with me, he mentioned that. And I said, well, whatever team you join, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take you. I said, but don't join his. And he looked at me, why not? And I said, because anybody who tells you they know everything about this is not being legit or they're yeah, very so. unaware. It's just not possible. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you have to constantly be open. So, Michelle, you're being quiet over there. Oops. 
It's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wish we could learn this trick for home. I oh, <laughs> so I want to ask you this. We, we touched upon religion a little bit um, in the last podcast. So knowing what you know, has it changed your view of religion at all? Has it enhanced it? Oh. And I got a second part to this question that's going to be a total curveball. Okay. So when you throw some science into it, like let's say the possibility that aliens are out there and the possibility that there are other beings from other worlds coming oh, this way that isn't, right that isn't a heaven yeah. or a hell, yeah. I mean, where are you at with all that? Because those two things do kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. So how do you um, manage that? Well... I don't know if you remember in the last interview, I said my mom was very Catholic and my dad was an atheist. Right. Um, but they both believed in aliens. So <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not real big. I'm not real big on, on religion. Um, I think I'm probably one of the people on the team that's kind of the more spiritual side. I'm, I don't do organized religion. I don't, I just don't follow that kind of thing. Um, and I also I don't believe that we are the only ones here, you know, in the universe. So, you know, um, yeah. So you're, and I like that. Not all of my people are Christian and that was on purpose. I want different viewpoints. Something I might think of as a Catholic. She may not think of being more spiritual, but she may think of something else. And either one of us could be right. But I want those different viewpoints. That's what helps us be more open-minded and get to what is it really past our own mental ideas of what is and isn't. There have been right. disputes in our own household between I mean, her and I on difference and differences in religion. Because personally, I don't. I don't. I like to. I, I believe man has a lot of things right on certain religion, but I don't believe everybody's got the whole picture. I, I'm. I kind of just kind of. I go with what I see. If this is what I'm. The information I'm being provided with, okay. But I'd never count anything out. Or she's more steadfast. Yeah. So I guess you were brought up a little bit more Catholic, I guess. Yeah. So certainly. was it a stringent Catholic upbringing? Or? Um, not really. My, my dad is very much, uh, religion is a personal thing to him. He believes you don't discuss it with other people. Um, wouldn't, didn't even like to discuss it with us, his kids, when we would ask a question. Um, I have some idea what he believes, but he was not for the church or any of that. It was, this is a private thing. If I want to pray, then I'll do that at home in my own time privately. Right. Period. Um, my mom was brought up very Catholic. Uh, when we were little, she had us, you know, go to church regularly and all. And by the time she had all three of us and, you know, you've got a little one who's always hungry, me, you know, I'm still always hungry. Um, <laughs> it, it just got to be difficult getting us all to church. My brother was much older. He was starting to work and there was a conflict there. So she kind of gave up on that. But the idea of the religion, we could always go to her. And, you know, um, I think everybody in my family kind of diverged with their own beliefs from that. I am still very much about the religious beliefs of the Catholic Church, even though what I do has definitely expanded my mindset to know that there are other things. That being said, I do have a lot of issues with the church itself. Um, There are certain Catholic priests that I have worked with. I have the utmost respect for them. Um, There are others I have run across that I do not agree with at all. 
um, and I've let it be known that I don't agree with. Um, I, I just have a problem with any church, regardless of what religion. The idea that someone has to be a member of your church and they have to go sit and they have to pay money every week in order for you to help them. I personally don't think that's what God had in mind when he said, help your fellow man. Right. If he's sitting there giving you money every week. I, I have right. a very big problem with spiritual leaders who will not help people that come to them asking for help. Um, I try to kind of stick it to them and make them do their job. Um, I don't have the fame that Ed Warren had. You know, he, he was great at doing that. God bless him. Um, but for me, I hit a point where, okay, that's as far as it's going to go. And that's as much as they're going to do. And in some cases, that's just not enough. And so that's part of why we took on doing more of the clearings and the exorcisms now and the things that we're doing, because there was a need and somebody has to answer that need. Yeah, I think so. And I'm really starting to get a, a really good idea of why this is such a dynamic group. You know, I mean, everybody's got their own individual additive to bring to this whole mixture of stew and it, it seems to be working really good for you guys too so i, I think it's really team. good so uh, it, it's odd that because it, all the paranormal shows and everything else that we always see on tv mm-hmm. always go back to spirits being kind of either neutral or just on the edge of malevolent you know what i mean but y'all deal with the really bad stuff. So how often, I mean, let's say out of 100 cases, how many would be just bad? And I mean, is that the people that just standard call you guys? or Well, define or does bad. It, <laughs> well, here we go. <clears throat> bad would be, I'm running out of the studio and I don't want to come back in here for a while. Bad would be, you know, I'm waking up and I have scratches. Bad would be, you know, that just terrible things are happening and, And, you know, something she had brought up in the last podcast was that spirits won't just straight out attack you. They'll break you down over a period of time. Mm -hmm. So bad would be that. Noticing that something is just constantly picking. Right. You know. And Um, so, I mean, how often do y'all, literally, how often do y'all come across that versus, you know, situations like mine where it's just people who are just kind of still stuck here? Some of it's. A lot of it's the human perception of bad. Like there, there'll be there's like people. Oh, Oh. something's trying to chase me out of here, or they think something's picking at them, trying to break them down. When it's merely something trying to get their attention and is getting frustrated that it can't. And and nobody's gonna call us unless they perceive it as As bad. bad. Right. Exactly. So from a client's perspective. It's bad. It's always right. bad. Right. Yeah. Most of the people who call me, the first thing out of their mouth is, don't think I'm crazy. I don't. I have demons. No, you probably don't. You probably don't. You know, I can't say they definitely don't. We, we've run into them. They, they're out there. But most of the time, that's not the case. But our perception is tainted, especially in this country. You have the horror movies. You have the ghost shows that are amping things up for dramatics. The common thought is, ooh, it's a ghost, it's bad, it's scary, it's evil. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Not necessarily. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, most of the time, they're people. And like you said before, if you were good in life, you're probably good in death. Most of them are strictly people that just want help. They got stuck here for whatever reason. They want to cross over. They don't know how. Or they need help to work through an issue. And that's all they want. And I I like to use the physical analogy to explain it to people a lot of the time. If I'm a ghost 
and he's not sensitive. Mm -hmm. I can go up to him and I can sit here and I can do that. Come on, listen to me, talk to me. He can't hear me. He can't feel me. He can't see me. But I go up to her and she's got this incredible ability. Ow, that hurt. Uh, let me pick up the phone. This thing just attacked me and it's, it's hitting me in the arm. See, now that's perceived as I'm an evil ghost who's trying to attack her. In truth, I just realized she could feel me. And I wanted attention. I wanted help. Wow. A and that's how that goes. But without that conversation and without that knowledge there, anybody is going to think, oh, my God, that thing just walked up and hit me. It must be bad. Yeah, Most I hadn't thought of it that way. And a lot of people uh -oh. also think, like, death has this kind of finality to it. Like, you're over that whatever you believe in, you cross over to whatever your heaven or hell. or. But a lot of times, like, somebody we've experienced times where spirits have come back from the other side just to visit and pop in and say hey how you doing stuff like that or it mm -hmm. that everyone when they realize that oh death isn't final there's this thing attack they it goes against their kind of perception of the natural order of things and that can kind of scare people so the general perception towards it is negative and that's Hadn't part of where of the knowledge is power again not only right. expression when well. you know something and you know what's in your house and you realize the thing that I thought that was evil and attacking me is this poor child spirit that died of the measles or something that just wants my attention and my help. Then you get endeared towards mm -hmm. what's in your house. Now you have a kinship with the spirit. You feel sorry for them. You want to help them. And often, like you were saying, during the course of the investigation, those relations will change as the person learns more about the people, so to speak, in their home or their workplace or whatever it may be. And there's a softness that goes with that. You start to feel for them. You start to care about them like you would with other people. And it's amazing how the relationship can change just when that happens. Well, that's cool. That's cool. But... I guess to more specifically answer your question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get off on tangents. Pro probably, I mean, about 50% has something that, that, that appears to be bad initially. Right. Um, really? That's a lot, the, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, appears. Now, it could just be an upset spirit, unsettled spirit. For some reason not directed at you personally, They're, they just are upset for whatever reason it, it may be. And... But usually, probably 90% of the time or more, by the end of the case, everybody feels sorry for this particular spirit that originally seemed bad. And, it, you know, they, they, they turn, uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I will say, you know, we get more, I think, of the negative, the, the being scratched and those kind of things than most teams do just because we are a specialty team and we have that, you know, written in all of our deals. So right. we get more of those calls than the average team would. So yeah. our negative quotient, for lack of a better word, is higher probably than most. Well, that's cool. So, Michelle, let me ask you this. Have you gotten any information from the other side that you didn't expect or, or any information about the afterlife that you didn't know you know like it's peaceful here it's not peaceful here you know, damn it's hot here you know <laughs> i'm wet all the time you know just anything like that at all the 
the thing is about that when they when you know they do come back and they do talk to you it's almost like they're not allowed to talk yeah. about that kind of stuff you know um, we tried they're happy and they're comfortable or but if you ask a specific you know what does it look like you know is it an actual place they you mm -hmm. won't get a response they won't say it's almost like they don't want to give out that information so or perhaps we can't comprehend we can't comprehend it, it. Right. right yeah, yeah. We're not I, yeah, because we're limited to our senses. Personally, I think there's things we're not allowed to know. Even, <clears> even <throat> then, though, it, it, not so much the human spirits, but all of the uh, non-human entities tend to be very cryptic because yes. they have a lot more knowledge of it. But it's very almost much. like they're either not allowed to <clears throat> disclose, or it, it, it's really weird. They're always cryptic with their answers when it comes to. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they are answering it, and we're just, we're not, just understanding not understanding it. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. We are not as enlightened. I think we're limited in our capacity, so maybe they're dumbing it down a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, this being is going to get scared. you think that's what it is, or you think there's so another purpose? I think there's probably multiple reasons, like everyone here said. I think it's probably, probably all those reasons, really. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's you're kind freaky. of getting religious beliefs with certain things, like, I thought like once you crossed over to heaven, things were perfect and we've received information anybody can correct me and this is open to interpretation that once you cross over, you still work on your yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, nobody's <sighs> holding the whip to you. It's more self-driven, but you, you seek to improve, it seems like, right, even when you cross over. Well, she described it kind of as, as her interpretation from kind of she almost kind of goes to the gate. You saw this earlier when right. we did this. Um, as close as you can get without being there. Um, and she's done that as well. It almost seems like there are levels <coughs> of heaven, I think is the yeah. way that you describe right. it. Which to me is interesting because why not? You have choirs of angels. You have demonics that are in different standing. There's a hierarchy on both sides. So why wouldn't there be levels to heaven? It's an interesting thought, but mm. like what you're it would ready make for, sense. it's not like God. So that would almost bring reincarnation into it, because you'd have to earn your next level. That's not right. You know? I think it's about. Yeah. I think it's about knowledge. <clears throat> um, like last time I was here, we were talking. You had a friend that said it was about the circle of life or the. Right. You know, I very much believe that. Um, I do believe that in reincarnation. And I do believe that we come and we live these lives because we have to experience everything there is to experience to be able to become enlightened once we are done, mm -hmm. you know. And those, you know, it's a lot of things like Amy was saying with the different levels, you know. I think it's the different levels of enlightenment, it's the different levels, you know, of your soul. And, you know, you learn. It's all about knowledge. You know, I, I'm sure Lynette has, and I, I've relived many of my past lives and there was a lesson in all of them, you know? And so it's, I think that's how I feel. That's what I think. It's all about gaining knowledge and, you know, whatever God you believe in or, or whatever, you know, it's to get as much knowledge as, you can, knowledge as you can so you can become part of that, of the one or the higher power or, you know. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a journey. Yeah. yeah. You asked a question the, earlier yeah, that I wanted to answer. Like you okay. said, like, how has it changed our views? My mom died in 2000, and it, look, I'm going to cry. It crushed me. It really did. She's had a rough year. Yeah. yeah. 
and I thought, I mean, I believed, <laughs> I believed in God in heaven, but I really felt like I wasn't going to see her again. Um, and Michelle knows, not going to speak for her, but she's had losses like I have, as just everybody has and will go through. And it just feels like it's just, it's, it's a horrible feeling. Well, I wasn't doing what I do now back in 2000. As I explained earlier, I think we've all kind of gradually grew up into this. And my dad died in November. Um, and of course I miss him, but I, there's no question because of what we do like weekly that I'm going to see him again. I mean, there's just, I can't, there's no question. And so, although it, <coughs> I'm still sad, obviously, and it's still, you know, it's upsetting. I, I don't worry about that anymore. That was, that's been, I think, removed, which is nice. Yeah. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So I'm hoping to see my folks again too. Yeah, you will. So that'd be great. Yeah. You know, I lost my mom in 2010 and my dad in 2012. Yeah, that's that's so, hard. Yeah, it was tough. It was real tough. Yeah. And they lived here on the property, so that made it even harder. Right. You know? But I, I do hope that there is something after this. You know, I'm still is. skeptical. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I think I'm always going to be because I have more of a scientific brain pattern than most people but i'm hoping i'm really hoping and i'm hoping that through my life i'll get a little bit more evidence that there is i've i've already had a lot of experiences you can ask my wife i mean i've had a bunch and you'd think that i'd be the one staunch guy who'd be saying oh yeah there's, there's no doubt but i'll doubt it while it's happening so yeah. I'm just that we type all, of person. We, we all do. We all do. Yeah. <coughs> we still do, I think. You know? we, uh, perfect I think that's perfect what probably example. makes y'all such a great group, though, we is that you're, you're willing to question serious. it while it's going on. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know? And that's extremely important. I mean, you don't want to just bounce around, say, attributing everything no. To, no. Yeah, to, to being paranormal. That's where debunking comes in. Yes. so important because... It, Adds credibility to the team and the, the findings of the team when we can dispute our own right. evidence. Right. That, also, you know. that also kind of goes hand in hand with what one of the first things we talked about, knowing each other so well. Because if we're going in in a negative mindset, what any of us could perceive as a negative spirit might not be that. We might just kind of be feeding our own emotions into it and not mm -hmm. seeing it clearly. So mm -hmm. being able to recognize the changes in our, the moods in each other helps us to be able to accurately discern what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a case, uh, we were working maybe three weeks ago now, um, where we, Lynette and I were locked in a room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, you know, we, we all had our different emotions going through it. Um, actually, these two guys, Jason and Ray, If break were... down the door is an emotion, then I definitely had it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were on the outside. They, they were on the inside. Right. Yeah. They, they were in a room. They called us. They radioed. We've got something really weird going on here. It, it was a bad night. You could feel it going into it. Like, mm -hmm. we dealt with the nice guys the first time. The second night was the other side And this it. was the first session of the night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you could feel started. it before we started. But they, they called us, and they said, if y'all can stop what you're doing, can you come in and, and help us decipher what's going on here? And we were almost done. We, yeah. we had somebody with us, but he was, he actually communicated via a few EVPs, we found out later, yeah. but he wasn't really interacting with the gear. So yeah, we'll be right there. So we thanked him. We turn everything off. We go to leave the room. Door went open. Door didn't have a lock on it. So it wasn't like somebody wow. pressed a lock. There wasn't a lock on the door. Um, it was, the door didn't even move. 
the handle barely moved. And, I mean, jiggle. I was putting a lot yeah. of pressure on it, and she saw me. I, I mean, I was definitely, because I'm thinking it got stuck. But then I'm realizing this door isn't even responding. And it wasn't a high-grade construction door by any means. Yeah, it's an old, like, farmhouse. It was as if somebody had glued the door into the frame, and it wasn't budging. Yeah, like, there wasn't even any play on it at all. And I went, when we went back, actually, we went back last weekend, I went up to the door, and I was, I, like, closed it just like we had, and I, like, tried to see if there was any give. There was give. It's like, it didn't make sense. And I, he and I went trying to get him out. He was jiggling the handle, trying to get in. I was braced up against the door, pushing to see if I could get any give on it. Nothing. It was like almost like a completely different door. So how'd you get it open? Uh, well, don't let me hang it. That's where one of those temperamental tantrums comes in, and that was me. <laughs> um, and this one's this one's in the corner watching everything, trying to figure out if if this is rational or if this is paranormal and everybody just calm down and he's outside jason move i'm breaking the door down my mom's in there and this one's sitting there well calm down there's a window if we need to we can do <laughs> that there's a window i'm in the room and i'm mad because i'm locked in there and at this point i'm watching everybody and i'm going this is definitely paranormal so you know me and my mouth i lost it a little bit and i basically said i basically said uh, you're gonna open this door I can pull out this Latin ritual right now and we can go at it and immediately after saying that I walked up to the door I put my hand on the knob hadn't even started to turn it yet and the door flew and then they all saw me move back with it it's flew like open and it. pushed wow. me back yeah it, it, the spirit, I think, honestly, almost kind of re- realized it was reaching an ultimatum point because yes. Jason was about to say, let's go around to the window. I was bracing, getting ready to kick it down, <laughs> and she was about to start going it. So it was like the perfect culmination of events at the same time, and it's just like, all right, I'll let the door open. And it didn't just open. It flew open, like, I don't think really he has so much strength, so he probably wow. couldn't have held that on for too long. They only have so much strength yeah. uh, at, at intervals, right? Yeah. I think that's what we what we think. Yeah, and he actually, last weekend, we cleared that very spirit. He apologized. <laughs> you know, no no ill will. We understood. He explained why he did what he did. And well. we're, we're happy that he's happy and moved on now. But we got our confirmation. It was definitely paranormal. But even in the minute, everybody had a different reaction, and yeah. we were second-guessing right. things. And That's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> we got guys, a lot of those. The guy's story was interesting. The spirit. Yeah. They so, usually are. They usually are. <laughs> I would think so. So, Josh, let me ask you this. Have you ever debunked something that everybody else thought was paranormal? And you said, no, no, no. It's this. I mean, is that just straight up happened? Come on, you got to get props where you can. It's been a while, but... It does seem like it's happened. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, maybe that case in, in spring, maybe? I yeah, the one that uh, we were inside the room and we heard something outside the door. Yeah. Because what? That's. It was such a noise that it was it was obvious. It what it couldn't it wasn't the vent. It wasn't the air conditioner kicking on. It was there was so many outside the other side of the door. I mean, it was just obvious. Like you can feel when somebody's fixing to step through the door. You know, you got that little creak, that little right. And I could make it happen again. Uh, after we was done, I, like, that's the first thing we started doing. I was trying to see, I had her sitting on the other side of the door, just putting as much pressure as she could, walking around, seeing if she could do it. And mm-hmm. we couldn't get it. 
We tried a bunch of different mm. scenarios that night because we we radioed the other team. Just hang tight where you are. You're gonna hear some weird like, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. We were like, what are they doing? He would he would be like, okay, <clears throat> run down the hall. Now. Okay, now like tiptoe down the hall. Now like kind of knock into the wall as you're walking down. The, you know. Honestly, Walk think, on one foot, don't yeah. I think I think a lot of it we kind of almost debunk when we go in because she, she, she'll they'll like to do walkthroughs around the property to kind of get a, a sense of things. And while they're doing that, a lot of times we'll be looking at the house or going through and they were doing an EMF sweep and we'll see, oh, this door has a noticeable creak to it or the, these floorboards yeah. are creaky. Mm-hmm. They're, oh, when we looked up in the attic, there's some rafters that aren't quite aligned and they're creaking. And like there, there was a when we went on the investigation in Fresno, you and I were both looking at the house from the outside, noticing like every little problem, tearing it apart. You just described my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been fun, and uh, I wanted to let everybody know that it's an unusual experience to get this entire group together. Yeah. And it, it took a couple of months, but we finally made it happen. And uh, so, if you're watching this and you're part of an elite group. <laughs> But I appreciate every one of you coming. I appreciate the clearing, the investigation, and the knowledge. I feel a whole lot better about stuff. So, guys, if you've recently subscribed to the channel, I appreciate it. And uh, I think I'm at 200 now, so we're on our way. And uh, if you saw something tonight that you liked, hit that like button. Spring Paranormal Investigators is uh, reachable through their Facebook page. So if you want to look them up and get them out to solve your problem, they'll certainly come take care of it. And uh, once again, y'all have a good one. We'll see you in the next one. And I think the next one's going to be shot tomorrow. Me and Mark Hogan are going to talk about fire for our preparedness series. So thanks again, guys, and we look forward to having you back out in the next month or so. Thanks. thanks. All right, y'all take care. I'm out. (laughs) 